My name is Alex Back, founder at Engineering Futures and the host of TechCast 365. Whether you are a student, fresh grad, or looking to make your next step in your career, your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world of technology and engineering starts here. In today's episode, I'm happy to welcome Dan Thomas, the Director of GCP Engineering and Operations at Rackspace Technology. Rackspace Technology is a leading American cloud computing company with over 7,000 employees across the world. Right, on with the show. Hi, Dan. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I believe this is your first podcast. That is correct. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're most welcome. Um, so, Dan, so tell me about yourself, um, your background personally and professionally then. Uh, yeah, so look, Dan Thomas, I'm currently Director of uh, Engineering at Rackspace Technology. Uh, my remit at the moment spans kind of several different functions, but primarily I look after a GCP practice area, I look after a private cloud infrastructure estate, uh, probably the second largest VMware uh, estate globally. Um, and a public cloud support engineering team, which provides automation tooling and all that cool stuff that DevOps engineers um, do to our public cloud platforms. Um, before I joined Rackspace, I was at uh, 20th Century Fox there for quite a long time. Um, worked main, mainly around the operational side of IT there, leading a, a European team um, based across, I think, around 14 countries, um, providing different services to our customers kind of in each region, and then slowly branched out towards the end of my time there into Japan and Australia as well, rolling out some key projects around kind of delivery and self-serve for our customers um in those regions um and yeah that kind of brings me to to, to you and today <laughs> perfect and what sort of got are you interested in the world of technology how did you start off your career um I'd love to be able to say that it was a childhood dream. Um, <laughs> uh, it wasn't. Um, way back when, uh, when it came time to sort of decide what I was going to do after after looking at A-levels, um, one of the key things that kind of popped up and did intrigue me were uh, degrees that included both business and IT. Um, and one of those degrees was called Business Information Systems Management, um, at Bournemouth University, which I was fortunate enough to be accepted onto. Um, and there I very quickly realised it was a minor in business and a major in technology, uh, which wasn't okay. necessarily what I was expecting, but it was something that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and, you know, that kind of got me started on my technical career, um, moving into that course with very little understanding or experience, um, coming out of it with let's say, more understanding and experience. Um, and, you know, during my time there, I was fortunate enough to do a placement year, uh, which I did at Barclays in their, um, it was called Barclays Africa and Caribbean. So we we serviced the, their Africas and their Caribbean offices. Um, and that's where I really got exposure to enterprise level kind of IT and technology. And I think that's when like, it clicked and I decided this is something that I wanted to, to, to do post-university and, and make a career around. 
Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And uh, moving back to uh, your current role, Rackspace. Then, what sort of um, projects are are you working on? Um, what have you worked on in the past? And is there anything that you know has really transformed the company that you've um, inputted there? And you know the leadership as well. You know how big's your team? And what you're doing to sort of motivate te- uh, your teams and things from COVID and post COVID as well. Uh, what are your sort of thoughts on that? So right now, um, uh, my team sits at uh, three or four managers, several principal engineers and principal architects, which would have, uh, I I guess, different terminology depending on where you go. Um, One of the key things we're concentrating on right now is we're heavily looking at our automation and tooling. So really looking primarily at how we remove redundant and low-level transactional workloads from our cloud engineers um, to enable them to sort of focus on the more value-add uh, customer-centric kind of complex issues. Um, You know, these guys have spent a long time qualifying and training to become, you know, incredible technical experts in their field. Um, we want to make sure that that talent is being leveraged and utilised correctly. Um, and sometimes some of the low level work doesn't necessarily align to that skill set. So that's a real big focus for us at the moment. We're doing a fantastic job there around kind of automatic remediation of alerting, um, deployment at scale, Um alarm suppression all of the things that for an enterprise level company take time they're not particularly complex they're not particularly glamorous but they are time consuming and we're looking to to kind of solve that i think that's the key challenge from a technical point of view maybe touching on you know covid the pandemic and how we're coming out of that i think the other the other thing that i'm really focusing on at the moment is nurturing and growing talent um you know last year and moving into this year we saw the great resignation Mm -hmm. I'm not sure whether or not I agree with that I think people (laughs) reprioritized and you know looked at kind of what was important to them um but we've we've been impacted by that and I think finding talent in the market at the moment is is really difficult it's really tough um finding a good skill set out there right now um more at the experienced end i guess i'm talking about uh so what we're looking for or what we're doing at the moment and what i'm spearheading is internal programs which are basically nurturing um, more junior level engineers more entry level engineers and essentially fast tracking them fast tracking them through an intensive cloud engineering curriculum it lasts between three and four months um, we run cohorts for each of the big platforms, so AWS, Azure, um, and GCP. We get base level um, certifications and accreditations, um, and then they they move into a cloud engineering role to kind of learn their craft and put theory to practice. Um, we're seeing some really real real success with that at the moment, um, and I'm hoping that that also translates into a little more tenure. Um, and a little more kind of longevity with, with with our engineers. You know, it's a competitive market. Engineers out there today, especially in the cloud space, they've got a highly, highly marketable skill set, um, and they're highly sought after. I I, I seek them all the time. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're trying to do something to, again, you know, skill people, um, grow their skill set, grow their scope, 
uh, of experience, but also kind of keep them in place um, for a little while. Yeah, no, I love that you're sort of upskilling your um, uh, team internally as well, because obviously there is a huge chronic shortage, like you said, of experienced um, technologists out there. Um, it's really to try and help the sort of uh, the more junior people to try and uh, progress in their careers as well. And uh, the only way to sort of plug that gap at the moment, like you said, is to try and upskill internally. So um, that's great that you guys are doing that at the moment. Um, you kind of covered the next question I was going to ask about, um, obviously, more tech job vacancies to talent um, and your thoughts on that. But um, I think we covered most of that already. Um, so obviously, as a director at the moment of GCP Engineering and Ops at Rackspace, um, you've decided to, to, to sort of close that chapter now, haven't you? Um, and you've got an exciting new role um, coming up. That is that is correct. Um, I'm going to be moving on from Rackspace in the coming months, um, and I'm going to be going to a really exciting company, uh, Technovo, um, who are an IT consultancy. Um, they've gone through startup. I think they're described as a scale-up at the moment, but they're one of the, the Times top 100 fastest growing companies um, of 2021, I believe. Um, I may have got that wrong, but they're, they're definitely in the top 100 fastest growing companies. And it's just, uh, you know, everything that I've learned about them so far and everything that I've seen, it just seems like a fantastic company. Um, you know, I think one of the main reasons people or companies, sorry, come to uh, uh, a firm like Rackspace is because they have the, a lack of expertise, the lack of understanding. So they come and they outsource to us. What Technovo are going to be doing or are doing, um, they're moving into that space and they're coming to kind of solve uh, a customer's problems today. But they've got this amazing, um, this amazing proposition of zero dependency where they're going to come in, they're going to solve your problem today, but they're going to upskill your team. They're going to train. Um, we're going to educate and we're going to leave you in a position where you can solve kind of your own issues for the mm. tomorrow problem. Um, and I, that's something that just, I haven't seen in the technology space before, you know, I've worked with it consultancies in the past. I think the general model is you drop consultants kind of on the ground. Um, they come in, they serve a purpose, they mm. complete an objective, but then quite often they stay because they're the only people who know how to maintain, maintain, sustain, and move forward the mm. goal that they got dropped in to kind of solve or accomplish. Um, Technovo, obviously, are looking to come at that from a different angle. And I think with that comes an amazing, an amazing network of associates, an amazing um, pool of talent, different challenges. And I think it's just a really fresh approach to the to the the IT consultancy proposition um and I'm I'm really excited about it um I'm going in there to help them build their cloud function to help them stand that up um and be able to put a more rounded offering into the market um uh, and yeah it really just sort of ticks all of the boxes of what's important to me in a role and you know what I find challenging in my current role and you know where I want mm. to go and you know an impact that I'd like to make with, with with someone new yeah no it is disruptive in a way um obviously it is also like giving back as well you are trying to help fill that skills gap um by training you know all your associates 
um that's great so um all the best in your new role as well thank you um and um in terms of then moving on to more specifics then in tech um thoughts on sort of data and analytics in relation to the cloud then um what can you see happening now and in the near future yeah i mean you know you and i exchanged some some comms before the before the the podcast acts didn't we talking about different trends and mm. you know i think one of the things that i see customers want to understand more is you know what is actually going on with my estate what is going on with my environment what's going on with my fleet um and getting the data and analytics to really be able to drive informed decisions on um there's lots of stuff around ai in the cloud and you know the rise of serverless and the forbes top five kind of trends mm. for cloud computing um and we do see that and i do think that is going to be prevalent moving forward but i think before you know for a lot of companies for a lot of people out there before they get to that point they actually want to understand what's going on um mm. i think that can often be a blind spot visibility into your fleet a true understanding of where opportunities lie to optimize um and drive efficiency um and you know using that information to come up with a real roadmap and strategy to move forward with a lot of companies move to the cloud under the assumption that it's going to solve all of their problems it's very cost effective you mm -hmm. know the cloud is the promised land but they almost at times take a legacy infrastructure, pick it up and put it in the cloud. And with that legacy infrastructure goes all of those legacy issues, challenges and problems quite often. Mm. Um, and they end up facing a lot of the same challenges or replacing old challenges with new challenges. I think the more that we see um, the rise of analytics, big data, you know, the data lakes, helping companies understand exactly what is going on, um, the more we will see the rise of the trends around, like I say, like serverless and everything else. Mm. Uh, one of the issues I find with cloud and everything is the security factor. Um, you know, it, it enhances the sort of risks of hackers to hack into all your data and stealing all your information. I, I do know some companies that have literally been almost gone bankrupt because these hackers are holding all their information for ransom and things like that unless they pay you know x million and things like that um what are the what do we have to all look out for in terms of like how do we um you know protect ourselves from public cloud and private cloud and things like that do you know what it's a really good question and there's always going to be i think challenges around security um whether it's public private um you, you know i think any kind of environment that you have even on prem is still susceptible um yeah. i think from what i've seen a lot of security breaches i haven't encountered a lot of brute force attacks in my career i haven't encountered a lot of that kind of i think what people would assume as traditional hacking what i've encountered is you know poor hygiene right which mm -hmm. means you know a lack of process a lack of governance and quite often engineers or employees not following best practice which leads to security breaches mm. um and you know that is one thing that we've seen again and again and i think that is one thing that 
companies really need to address out there. We can put tooling and, you know, there's offerings from Google around the security center. I think uh, AWS offer, um, is it Guard Tower? I don't think I've got that right, but they've got a security offering as well. Um, we can put all of those in place, but they only mitigate the risk. They're not mm. going to um, they're not going to kind of make you airtight. I think what you really need to do is look internally. Uh, what do you have? How do you uh, identify your areas of risk? Um, and then coming up with a clear strategy on how to how to address that. Mm. And that's something that we help our customers with at Rackspace right now. And, you know, I'm sure that's something that Technova and myself are going to do moving forward as well. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a very sort of scary place out there. You hear um, other stories of um, people getting hacked and scams and all these sort of things, which are <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite yeah. scary. Um, OK, perfect. Um, and then just slightly different sort of topic now, um, going back to sort of your career at Fox and then moving to Rackspace, were, you, were these both sort of, um, obviously, you climbed the, the ladder in them. Um, at Fox, were you leading a team at all? Was there a big jump from being hands-on to the leadership role? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's behavioural change in the mentality, quite honestly. And those are some of the hardest attributes to affect and to, to, to change in my, in my experience, both personally and with teams and people that I've mentored. It's... It's one of the biggest career changes anyone can go through, be going from kind of what we call an IC, an individual contributor, um, to a leader um, mm. and learning to be hands off. And it's definitely not an overnight kind of um, transition that mm. you can go through. I think you have to be really deliberate about it. When I was at Fox, I was an engineer. Um I would love to say again that I was very targeted, but quite honestly, through sort of circumstance and, and certain like layers of attrition, um, it quickly transpired that I was the most senior engineer kind of left mm. on the floor. Um, <laughs> you end up taking that leadership role, you end up moving into that, you know, that that place where okay, I need to make sure things are getting done. And then it kind of grew organically from, you know, lead engineer, team lead to manager. Um, and then you take on a bigger scope, a bigger scope. You take on, you know, more responsibilities. Your team slowly grows um, and you you learn and you, you make mistakes and you learn from those mistakes as you go. Mm. Um, Fox was an amazing proving ground for me. I got to work in the UK. I got to work with different um, levels of business. You're in the entertainment industry. You know, you're part of News Corp. There were lots of different challenges there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you moved out into Europe, and that taught me how to work with different cultures. And again, that was another major, uh, I think, step in my in my journey in my learning. Um, just the way that you know you can never. I think, assume that uh, a different culture works in the same way as you. And that was, um, I got burnt by that a couple of times. <laughs> uh, but you learn and you move forward. Uh, and it really helped round me out as a leader. Um, it really helped round me out uh, around kind of making strategy, setting expectations, creating roadmaps, but also ensuring that you're taking the team with you you're providing visibility, you're giving context, um, and that people are engaged. And I think, you know, as a leader, for me, that is 
one of the, the the top things that is my responsibility to give to my team and the people that work alongside me is that engagement is that belief in the mission um i think is that that challenge doesn't always mean that you know you're going to be happy um doesn't always mean that you're going to be thrilled jump out of bed in the morning and go and, and, and log on but it does mean that you're going to grow and you know engagement can be interpreted in in many different ways but for me it really is that you're growing you're helping the company you're helping your team you know it's it's not a one-way street um it has to deliver for all parties involved mm -hmm. and i think that's a, that's a real attribute uh, that as a leader i i definitely champion are there any leaders out there that you sort of aspire to be or has anyone um, sort of like inspired you to be that sort of person like in the technology space or? Um, to be honest, not really. Um, not anybody <laughs> out there, not, not, any, not any public figures, put it that no. way. I okay. think I, I have learned a lot from leaders that I have had. I've learned mm -hmm. a lot from leaders that may not have been mine, but that I've worked alongside. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some fantastic leaders and I've seen some not so fantastic leaders. And I think what those what those type of people do is they help you understand the sort of person that you want to be um, mm. they help you understand the attributes that are important to you that you want to personify and instill and they help you understand the attributes that maybe you don't want to personify and you don't want to pass on to your teams mm. um so you know uh, that i don't have like a role model leader i don't have mm -hmm. a, a bill gates or an elon musk or yeah. something like that um i've got a a lot more kind of real world examples of people that I have seen manage through incredible challenge, um, you know, really tough times and manage to keep a team engaged. There's that word again, engaged mm -hmm. and believing that, you know, they are part of a mission, even when, mm -hmm. you know, that can be tough and choices need to be made, which aren't always popular. Mm, I couldn't agree more. And just to sort of summarise now, what sort of advice would you give to those who are looking to break into the tech industry? Pick, pick a path, right? Pick a path and really stick to it. Take some chances. Um, tech can be very rewarding, right? Tech can be very rewarding from an educational point of view, from growing experience, um, but also financially, and a lot of people that I see, I think the financial part of some of the tech roles play too much of a factor in them deciding on kind of what they want to do. Mm. I think for, for those guys starting from their careers, you know, take a placement, do um, some shadowing, you know, get your foot in the door by any means necessary. Um, and if that means you take a really low level role um, to be able to sit alongside really experienced tenured engineers, then absolutely do it. You can do a lot of online learning now. You can do the, the online accreditation certifications, you know, but there is no substitute for experience mm. in, in my book. You know, I mentioned earlier on about the program that I'm running at the moment around where we're skilling people up. Yeah. Um, and that's great. That gives you an understanding. That gives mm. you an understanding of like the industry offering. But putting that into practice is very different.
go mm. out and find somebody who can help you learn go out and find a mentor go out and see things done in real time in the real world um and you know don't say no to anything you know mm. just any challenge that comes your way uh i think embrace it the one thing i will say about um the technology uh, sector and community is i think they're incredibly open and willing to teach mm. um almost every really great engineer that i've worked with or architect that i've worked with part of their mantra has always been you know cascading and passing on their knowledge never be scared to ask a question you, you, you know i think if you show the want and the motivation that you're keen to learn that will be reciprocated they will they will give that straight back to you um but yeah just get your foot in the door um and i can almost guarantee you if you've got the right attitude a lot of the time mm. you know i look for the person not the skill set um you know i think that's a really important um, uh, attribute in tech if you've got mm. that personality and you can exhibit that you're willing to learn and you're open to experience yeah then you'll be given kind of every opportunity okay and so um for example there's quite a few people out there looking for jobs and things there's quite a few companies as well that also prefer people to have a degree is that essential nowadays or you know I'm not so sure. I, you know, from my own personal experience, it's not something that I would say is a deal breaker. I think, mm. you know, that's a that may be a hangover, and I'd be interested to see how the industry trends over the next few years around that. Yeah, I believe that's kind of part of the hiring template. You, you mm. know, leftover. Yeah. I, I can't see me turning down any engineer who's got a couple of years GCP experience under their belt because they don't have a degree. Mm. Um, yeah. you know, I think experience is king in, yeah. in our area. If you can relate tangible, applicable experience to a situation and that's what an employer is looking for, they're mm. going to snap you up. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. For those who are looking or in the transition in their career, where they're moving away from hands-on role to more of a leadership role, what sort of advice would you give to them from your own experience? I think be deliberate in your actions, right? And by that, mm. I mean, really take stock of what it is that you're doing and ask yourself, is that what you should still be doing as you move forward? It's a really tough transition. And the temptation with anybody moving from that kind of engineering le level to a leadership level, uh, if you can do something, the temptation is you want to do it yourself, Right. And there can be a little bit of a guilt hangover and that awkwardness about actually asking somebody else to do it. Um, I think, you know, that's fine, but you need to put a sort of time limit on yourself. You need mm. to look at the new challenges that you're going to be you're going to be responsible for and also the workload that you should be moving away from. And that should be kind of black and white in some areas. Um, and you should be able to recognize, wow, if I'm still fixing this type of issue, mm -hmm. you know, a month after moving into my leadership role, yeah. I probably shouldn't be doing that anymore. Mm. And again, really just take stock of, you know, what it is that you should be doing and just make sure that you're moving towards that. 
Um, and everyone around you will be really understanding. It is a, it is a tough journey. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, stick with it. There will be that light bulb moment where you're like, okay, I can't continue doing some of this workload and continue to pick up what I uh, what I now need to. Um, so yeah, that day will definitely come. Definitely. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Dan. It was lovely chatting with you again and I hope um, people take away some great advice that you've given. Um, and yeah, and all the best in your new role. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Like, share, subscribe and review this podcast to get others inspired in engineering and technology. To find out more, go to engfutures.com.